Welcome everyone to another episode of Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational talk show where my daughter Little Tone and I get to re-educate one another from opposite ends of the generational spectrum. A young 30-something lioness versus a wrinkly old guy. Together we discuss the important topics of our time in an atmosphere of mutual love and respect. And here's my co-host of the Re-Educating dad podcast little tone what's up tone good evening everyone perhaps you'd like to explain to everyone what's happening tonight dad and why it's happening oh i thought you might like 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 the pleasure of doing that (laughs) go on go on go on let me have it so we already recorded this uh episode but unfortunately uh my dad didn't press record and uh called me straight afterwards going I didn't press record. <laughs> in fairness, it's the first time I've done it. It's a bad mistake because now we have to bring the same level of energy to the same material that we presented last night, except this show is not scripted and whatever happens, happens. So it's probably not going to be a lot like last <laughs> last night uh, because we don't really have much in the way of guidelines apart from our topic. Okay, so Christmas is coming. Pigs are getting fat. Decorations are going to go up. How are you feeling? I'm not sure about that pig's comment. <laughs> <laughs> They're vegan uh, pigs. Yeah, um, it, I think that Christmas just always comes around really quickly and kind of takes me by surprise. Um, I've, I've always got an anxiety uh, around Christmas because I have four sets of parents and they all want to spend time with me and I feel guilty from the get-go <laughs> about where I'm supposed to be, so... Yeah, I find it quite a stressful time of year. I think lots of people find it quite stressful, actually. Yeah, it's nice to be wanted, though, isn't it? It is, but you, it feels like whoever you go and spend it with, you're letting someone down, and that's, uh, that's fair uh, not a nice feeling. Fair comment. Talking about anxiety, COVID seems to be rising. Uh, we've got people in our family now, more and more people getting it, friends, associates. I'm hearing all the time about infections, walk down the road on my daily walk today and uh, people are telling me that people in their families particularly young people are catching covid why the hell aren't people getting jabbed uh because they're choosing not to which i support their right to yes i know you do but what about the Uh, people's right not to be infected (laughs) by um, people with lurgy well, that's why we get vaccinated, isn't it? So that we don't get uh, the COVID so badly. You know, obviously being vaccinated doesn't stop people getting COVID. It just means that you don't end up in hospital, hopefully. Well, but I mean, I, I think that everyone has the right uh, to make a choice about their own body. It's not, I mean, I made the choice to take the vaccine because I thought it was the best decision for me. Uh, I wasn't thinking about anyone else when I made it. I made it because of my own body and my own needs. And I support people's right to do that too. Well, I support people's right to be protected from irresponsible people. In Austria, they have... I love the way you segue straight away, like, so that I can't respond. No, well, I was responding to your response. (laughs) In Austria, what's going to happen in Austria, do you know? Uh, I don't know. People who have not been double jabbed are literally only going to be able to go out of the house for very limited purposes, like going to work or getting food. I think those well, are the only two reasons. In other countries like France, very left-wing country, 
Uh, they are being very hard on people, making sure that they, they have to get vaxxed. Hello, doggy. They have to get, those of you who can't see the video, Little Tone has a doggy Mishka with her. Um, watch the video when it comes out. Uh, you'll see a beautiful dog. Uh, so anyway, that's not our topic for tonight. But I am, as everyone can hear, I'm very much in favour of people getting jabbed. And I think it's good that a lot of countries are coming down on heavily heavily on people who won't get jabbed. Now. No comment. <laughs> this is a do-over. So we we're both going to having a feeling of deja vu, aren't we? But anyway, tonight's episode is about Tory sleaze. And because we have a lot of um, listeners in the United States and Canada... Uh, and other parts of the world, for that matter. Uh, sleaze may not be a word that uh, is used commonly in your lingo, um, but it refers... Well, the Tory party, first of all, is the Conservative Party. Um, the opposition party is Labour. So the Conservative Party is more leaning to the right of politics, Um and the opposition, the main opposition party is the Labour, Labour Party, which leans to the left. So this will give uh, a little tone even more satisfaction after my blunder of not turning the recorder on last night. Uh, but this, <laughs> <coughs> why, is, why will this give you satisfaction? Let, why don't you cue that up? Because you're about to validate me. Incredibly, <laughs> all of my whinging about uh, a certain particular person is finally uh, coming fruition uh, for your politics. Go ahead, Dad. Take it okay, away. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, the Tory sleaze has been in the media big time recently. Sleaze referring to the word sleaze referring to immoral, corrupt behaviour, particularly in the context of politics. What happened was. Um, is that Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, made a very big blunder, which involved him trying to change the parliamentary rules, essentially for a friend, a friend, an, uh, an MP. Uh, I believe he was the Minister of uh, Northern Ireland, I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, his name, Owen Patterson, ha this guy had been found guilty by an independent panel of taking money from businesses in return for lobbying for them, which is contrary to parliamentary standards, parliamentary rules. Boris felt sorry for him. Um, I understand be particularly because Owen's wife had committed suicide, which is obviously a tragic thing for anyone to have to cope with. But... Um, and Owen had sort of suggested that the investigation and ruling against him, I think, I'm not, I'm not sure whether it was just the investigation or also the ruling against him, uh, had contributed to her doing that. Um, but it was a terrible, terrible, terrible look for Boris and for the Conservative Party, a party that I am a great supporter of. Uh, that Boris got essentially met with um, a small number of his leadership team, not the whole cabinet, which is the way something of this magnitude ought to be handled. And he uh, decided that they were going to change the rules 
to give this guy Owen a kind of escape route by way of an appeal. I mean, you can't really get far much worse. I mean, if you want to change the rules, okay, you know, put that to Parliament, have a vote on it, and they may or may not support you. But what to to change it for to try and change it in retrospect in respect of one friend one person in your party a friend um and indeed what boris also did was through his chief whip he put great pressure on people who didn't think this was a good idea to vote in support of this measure so they sort of did it while holding their noses at the same time um, so I think that this uh, is a further thing which indicates that Boris, as a person, has little or no moral compass. Uh, and I have lost all faith in him as a result of this, this, uh, this blunder. And I'm not the only one, because I went past one of my neighbours on my walk today. And she feels exactly the same way as I do. Boris is behaving like some kind of a Roman emperor. As I said, he didn't even meet with the whole cabinet. He's he's just gone ahead and um, and, and knocked this through on the nod through Parliament. And I just just don't think it's right. I'm still a conservative. Uh, but anyway, there was a huge backlash as a result of him doing this from his own party. Um, and obviously from the opposition parties who think it's disgraceful and obviously it's an opportunity for them to uh, to put him under intense pressure, which he is, and the party's under intense pressure, and they shouldn't be. They shouldn't have been put in this position. So there we are. What do you think, Little Tone? Don't just say, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday I did a slow clap. Um, <laughs> Yes, Today I'll be less smug. I am completely unsurprised. I think it is a um, an example of their systemic behaviour of not following the rules and having private conversations and private meetings and, you know, uh, not um, not doing things properly, not doing, you know, and, and the, the thing is, is I'm not... This is not even me, you know, being pro-Labour like I've been in the past, because I, I really do think that the Labour Party is a mess at the moment, and I couldn't support them the way that they are. And um, we already had a conversation about how um, it's not okay for the Conservatives to not have a suitable opposition, um, because it means yeah. that they have a monopoly. And the problem is, is then that there's no uh, balance of power. Or there's no one to hold them accountable. And this is exactly what we're talking about. There's no opposition to hold accountable um, Boris and his behaviour and his inner circle behaviour. Um, luckily, I guess the Conservative Party members that are not happy with his behaviour are trying to hold him to account. And I think that's good. That's a positive thing. Um, but I'm not at all surprised. Um, and uh, I do think that it's an awful thing that's happened, you know, that this man's wife has committed suicide. It feels like a little bit of a play to blame the trial on her reason to commit suicide. I, I think people usually are inclined to having emotional health issues. Um, sorry, let me try and rephrase that. I, I think it, it probably was a part of her biological makeup rather than a result of this trial. So I think that that's a bit of a low 
a low ball no what's the what's the thing to say like I, I know what you're saying I, I think it yeah, was, yeah. It, it was a strategy really kind is of what crass you're saying. really it's yeah kind of crass a crass strategy I lost, think so. yeah I agree with that lost your uh, your wife um obviously it doesn't really affect her now because she's dead but I mean uh, it's still um not a, not the characteristics of a nice person is what I would say um but yeah, I'm not surprised. And I think this is probably the beginning of the end for Boris because he's probably lost uh, the faith of lots and lots of people in his party. And he's, and he's lo certainly lost me as a supporter of him and also my neighbour, um, who is not I'm only... Sure he's devastated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have met him. <laughs> I met him on a plane from Austria. Well, you're practically best friends. <laughs> well, we had a little bit of a banter, actually. But... Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I, he, I did used to find him amusing, and I, I thought that, you know, the, the one thing that was good was that he, he, whichever side of the Brexit fence you're on, it was good to get it done, um, and he, that was, the, that was the platform that he stood on, uh, but even that really wasn't done with the greatest integrity, was it? Because he's left this an almighty. Problem. He signed a contract, which it seems to me he had no no intention of ever actually honouring, which was the Northern Ireland thing, which is causing the problem, uh, which our friends in in North America would have heard about because Joe Biden is very sort of pro Irish, and um, you know it's it, it clearly he didn't really have a as I said had any intention. You know, well, here's the contract. Oh well, I think I'll just tear that up now. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't. <laughs> so I don't think that that's a good look either, really. But I'm like my neighbour down the road, who's. But well, unlike her, she is. Um, she's actually a member of the Conservative Party. I've never been a member of it. I've just been a voter that supports it. I support Conservative principles. I was very, very keen on Margaret Thatcher, um, and uh, I. Margaret Thatcher was a woman, in my opinion, of the utmost integrity. Um, John Major, who came out against this error by Boris and doesn't like Boris at all because of his lack of moral compass, uh, made a very damning speech. And John Major is a very understated guy. I mean, he just does, he's not the kind of guy who comes out ranting. He's the kind of guy, well, Spitting Image used to portray him as a guy who would sit with opposite his wife at dinner and say, Hmm, the peas are green. So, <laughs> so, so that's the sort of gives you the idea. He's a sort of grey kind of, you know, not very exciting individual, but a man of great integrity, a, a man of great integrity also, and who spoke out in the strongest terms in, in the John Majory sort of way. Hmm. <laughs> um, he came out very strongly and You're a very naughty boy, Boris. <laughs> He's not even that interesting. <laughs> well, maybe this has finally given him the fuel to, to find a personality. Or well, maybe so. But he made a very he damning... The first, um, sorry to interrupt you, but no, he is ahead. the first Prime Minister that I um, ever remember having as a young person. John Major? I don't, yeah, I don't remember anyone before him. He's the first, the first Prime Minister I remember being like, that's our um, Prime Minister. That's interesting. Okay. Right. I remember thinking what awful glasses he had at the time. Yes, he still and has. Now them. I think they're kind of they're kind of cool. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> They've sort of come back into fashion. <laughs> they have. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but uh, I am, you know, as you know, st still very much a conservative supporter because um, I think there's no other credible system, really. Uh, certainly no other credible party. Uh, but we do have a lot of credible alternatives to Boris. We have some good leaders in the Conservative Party. I mentioned particularly Rishi Sunak, our Chancellor of the Exchequer, who I think is a solid citizen. But there are others I don't, too. The thing is, we don't know who's going to be a good leader until they try it. That's the thing. I mean, Rishi Sunak is a good at, good at finance. Yeah. Or, you know, some people think he's good at finance. Uh, and you can understand why he might be good at finance with the credentials that he has. But that doesn't mean that he's going to make a good leader. Well, I think he's shown leadership over... I mean, he stood up against Boris over certain things. And um, I think that that shows leadership. I think that he's shown leadership in the way he ran... He implemented and ran the furlough scheme, which I think was an excellent thing. If you compare it to other countries, I think it's pretty much the leading scheme in the world in, in terms of putting you know, the government putting their arms around people who needed help. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said for Rishi. Rishi, Rishi, Rishi. So, uh, but there are others as well, you know, Michael Gove, other people like that. So, um, uh, you know, I think it's time, I think I agree with you. I think Boris's days may be numbered. It might, it'll probably take a while, but I think that this will, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of unrest and, uh, uh, lack of a loss of confidence in him within the party. So anyway, I think we've pr pretty much done that one to death. Uh, so the other thing, well, we, we we certainly have. Yeah, we've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done don't, I'm never going to do that again. Okay, don't never let me do that again. When we start the thing, up, you hear me go three, two, one. Have you put the recorder on? Have you switched the recorder? To Please be fair, do. it does tell me when you're recording, so I should have noticed as well. There you are. It was our joint faults. Sure. Okay. So the other <laughs> thing, <laughs> the other thing that's in the news, which has taken my fancy, and something that we have talked about before, um, is uh, the is Meghan and Prince Harry. Um, and the last time we talked about it was in the wake of their interview with Oprah. Winfrey, um, when you know some some pretty uh, some pretty hurtful things were said with regard to the royal family, but you and I, I think again we were largely on the same page in that we were supportive of Harry and Meghan, um, but uh, uh, and I, you know I still I still am, uh, but uh, there are things happening in our legal system. Uh, which I will just briefly explain, so that then we, you and I, so everyone, our listeners will understand, and then you and I can talk about it. <clears throat> um, interestingly enough, I was just glancing at the clock, and we are exactly the same point that we were when we did the non-recorded one <laughs> yesterday <laughs> in introducing <laughs> this topic. So even though we're totally unscripted, we must be doing something kind of right, um, at least in terms of getting the timing right. But uh, so what's been happening is, first of all, uh, you may all remember that, that in, around the marriage, around the royal marriage between Harry and Meghan, 
Um, there was a great deal of intrigue uh, about her father, um, who, with whom she was kind of estranged and not having a good relationship. And he was kind of uh, stirring it up uh, with the press. Um, and this was causing a lot of sort of embarrassment within the royal family. They didn't really understand why you know, Meghan didn't have a relationship with her father. And, uh, you know, they were sort of putting, as I understand what's coming out of the court, uh, they, they were putting pressure on Harry. Why, you know, why doesn't your uh, betrothed um, just kind of put this right, go and see her father, that, that, that sort of pressure. And uh, she didn't want to go and see her father for, for whatever reason. And so she decided to write him a letter, um, to essentially to, to set out how, disappointed she was with the way he was conducting himself, you know, leaking stuff to the paparazzi and the media and so on. And uh, she got advice on doing that from a PR person. I think his name's Jason. Um, and wrote the letter. And guess what happened? What did Daddy do? Daddy leaked it. Leaked it to the press. Yes, Daddy leaked it to the press. As we somehow expect that she was thinking he would. Yeah, that's right. So as a result of uh, the press, in, in, it was the Mail on Sunday, a tabloid newspaper called the Mail on Sunday. Uh, they reported the letter. They, they, print, they reprinted the letter, as I understand it. And that led to... Meghan and Harry, or one of them, I'm not sure whether it was joint or um, whether they, one of them did this, sued the owner of the, owner of the Mail on Sunday uh, for breach of privacy and data protection laws. And they won. They won without, a, without the matter going to trial. Because, as I understand it, they got a summary judgment. The judgment, you know, the judge took the view. There's no defense to this. You, you, Mr. Newspaper Man, leaked, leaked this private correspondence. And that is the end of the matter. I don't need to have a trial. I'm going to find against you on a summary judgment basis and award damages and costs against you. Guess what happened next? Oh, I, I can't even be bothered. You carry on. Well, this is such a non-story. Well, little tone. What happened next was that uh, the newspaper company concerned appealed to the court of appeal, and that is the trial which is taking place at the moment. They're essentially saying that she deliberately exploited them. They are saying that it, it, I think that what they're saying, and I'm not sure they're going to be successful at, at this, but I think what they're saying is that because they have unearthed evidence and produced it, which shows that she had in mind that the letter would be leaked or might be leaked, that it was not really private. I don't, I so don't like know. they. They were just like basically saying that she legitimized them leaking it, which sounds yeah, and some 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 sort of some damaging stuff has come out. You know, like she purposely, you know, made the point of 
addressing him as daddy and you know doing all, and she actually uses the expression that will you know if it is leaked that will pull on the heart heartstrings of the public which seems yeah well, that's the thing bit. with a letter though yeah but the thing with a letter is you can be sarcastic can't you or you can be condescending and that that sort of stuff doesn't come across in a letter because they're just words so we don't know in what wit, what tone she's saying whatever and I, I don't begrudge her for exploiting the press for their ugly tactics like if she makes money out of them um you know leaking a personal letter regardless of her knowing whether they're going to leak it or not so what they need to be held accountable for doing stuff like that it's it's it they're disgusting tactics um you know oh, they are a newspaper it's been going on far too long. sorry yeah they're, but it's they're... a personal letter is it no. personal? Okay, think about the think about the amount of times the press have like tapped phones or they've hacked into WhatsApp messages. Well, that's illegal. Into, yeah, but they do it. They've yes, even I know, done but it we're not we're, the, we're not discussing. Look, you know, some things are illegal. We're not discussing that. We're discussing this particular case of this but letter. I, I, my personal opinion is that it's still illegal. Whether she expected her dad to leak it and it to end up in the press, and whether she wrote it in a in a uh, manipulative way or not, because she knew he was going to leak it. It was still a letter that she sent to her father and her father still handed it to the press. That I'm is the white version of it. I'm inclined to agree with that, which is why I don't think that they are going to be successful in their appeal, but... Excuse me, but what is happening with us, Dad? We are agreeing on things. I, it's, 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 I know, I know, it's unbelievable. Boy, <laughs> how times have changed. <laughs> No, I, I, I agree. Um, but there are, there are some damaging things coming out. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, the, the people that wrote a book about her, I think it's called Freedom or something like that, a book that she was saying that she and Harry were not cooperating with. It turns out that it might, she might have been doing a little bit of stealthy cooperation. This is what the evidence shows. I don't think that probably amounts to very much either. But the, the point is, I think, where the newspaper company might be successful is in this regard. For a judge to say to one party, by granting summary judgment, I don't even need to hear this case. Uh, that's a that's a tough thing to do, and and you he needs to really be certain that there's no arguable case. All that the newspaper company needs to show on appeal is that there was an arguable case, as I understand it. And I think they might. So it's, this could be quite fine. This judgment it could go it could go either way, but you know. A private letter is a private letter is a private letter is I think what you're saying, and I I think that you know what regardless of this noise about who who said what to whom, on which day about what, I I don't think that that changes the fundamental principle. So I I think I'm in agreement with you on that. But it will be very interesting. I think we probably will get a decision within the next few weeks. That I'm sure they won't. I think it ends. I think the trial ended to. The, the sorry, the appeal ended today. Um, so I think it'll be. I think it'll be fascinating to see the result of that. Something else I said to you uh, last night when we first thought we'd put this episode in the can 
was a, an idea for, for as a talking point. There is a podcast that I got very interested in recently on BBC Sounds uh, that is called Assume Nothing, and they, they cover from a sort of investigative journalism point of view various hot topics. The one that they've just done is a nine-episode uh, series on how the legal system, as it happens in Northern Ireland, this is this is uh, where it was, which is also part of the UK, uh, a nine-episode series on rape and how the legal system treats uh, both sides, the the complainant and the defendant. And I must say, I got I was absolutely fascinated by that, and I think you will be, and I would very much hope that you would you would um, have a listen to that. And I think that would be an interesting thing to for us to discuss. And the, last night, I haven't got it on rep tape as it happens, but you actually agreed. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I think that is some, a subject that I could talk a lot about. Yeah, I think so. And I would be interested to hear your perspective on it. And um, hopefully you won't get too cross when you hear mine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, I had to end on a note of d dissent, didn't I? You were saying, look what's happening. You know, this is this is too bad. We're agreeing. It's becoming a boring podcast because we agree on everything. <laughs> well, we may not agree entirely on this. So uh, let, that'll spice it up a bit, won't it? So um, I will post a link to you little tone and also to on the Facebook um, the re-educating dad Facebook page so that listeners can also check in because I think you'll get more out of our discussion if you've actually uh, listened to that uh, podcast uh, assume nothing the rape part uh, so that's of course if if nothing topical emerges uh, that we need to talk about uh, because something you know amazing has happened in the media, because um, we can kind of slot that one in any time. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. It just leaves. Uh, it just remains then for me to thank everybody for listening. As always, we love to uh, receive your feedback. We read every bit of feedback we get. Uh, so please uh, let us know what you think on the the two topics that we have discussed today, and please check back with us next week. And we'll have a new topic for you. So until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Have a nice evening. Bye, everyone. Or, or morning. Or whenever you're listening to this. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>